Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Remember by Avram Goldhai, and today we're Zechus Ksubis Daf Tzarivav, the eleventh parak Amani Nizonas. This is going to be an abbreviated shear. The Zichud Mesechus Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, Rabbi Shuvin Levi said, "Komolachusha Eved Osel Rabbo Tamid Osel Rabbo Chutz Matars Mina." All Malacha that an Eved does for his master. Atami does for his master except for untying the sandals. Rashi explains that people seeing him do so will assume he's an Ebekanani who's prohibited to marry a regular Jew. Rava said this ruling only applies where people do not recognize Atami. And Ravashi said that even a place where they do not recognize him, it's only a problem if he's not wearing tefillin. Rashi explains that it was uncommon for an Ebekanani to wear tefillin since he's only chayv in mitzvahs that a woman is obligated in. Anyone who prevents his Talmud from attending to him is regarded as if he's withholding from a chesed. As the Pasuk states, by one who withholds kindness from his friend. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, He also casts off from the Talmud the fear of Shemaim. As it stated at the end of that Pasuk, and he abandons the fear of Hashem. Pointing to Rabbi Lazar said, sees movable property as payment for her support. What she has seized, she has seized and she may keep it. Rush explains that even though it was taught earlier that only a husband's real property is mortgaged to pay for his own support, if she does seize it based and does not take it away from her. When Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, he related There was once an incident involving the daughter of Rav Shabzai, that she seized a sack full of money as payment for her mazonos, and the chachami did not have the power to take it out of her hands. Ravina said, We only said this when she seizes it for her support, but if she seizes Matalton for Aksuba, then we do take them away from her. And point number three, Rav Yochanan asked, If the Yosomim claim we gave her money for support, but the Almana claims, I haven't taken it, upon whom is the burden to bring proof? Does the deceased husband's property stand in possession of the Yosomim, and so it's on the Almana to bring proof? Or, does the property stand in possession of the Almana, and it's upon the Yosomi to bring proof? Rav Shem Barashi said that this is like a Malchukas Hanayim in the following Brisa. An Almana may sell her late husband's estate, and she should write in the Shtar, These properties were sold to pay for my support, and these were sold for my Ksuba, Divi Rav Yehuda. Rav Yossi says, She may sell the property without specifying why she sold it, and therefore her power is great. Rav Shem Barashi explained, that coin Rav Yehuda, she must specify the purpose of each sale, because he holds the property is in the possession of the Somi. If she doesn't specify the purpose, they can claim that everything was sold for Aksuba unless she brings proof. And Rav Yossi holds that everything is in the possession of the Almana, and it's on the Yosomi to bring proof. The more brings two rebuttals to Rabbi Shimon Ashi's explanation. So once again, the three points are Namun Rabbi Shubin Levi said, Amalaka that an Evid does for his master, a Tommy does for his Rebbe, except for untying the sandals. Rashi explains that people seeing him do so will assume he's an Evid Kanani who's prohibited to marry a regular Jew. Ravi said this ruling only applies where people do not recognize the Tommy. And Ravashi said that even a place where they do not recognize him, it's only a problem if he's not wearing tefillin. Rashi explains that it was uncommon for an Ebekanani to wear tefillin since he's only chayv in mitzvahs that a woman is obligated in. 
Rechia Barabbas said in him, Rabbi Yochanan, Anyone who prevents his Talmud from attending to him is regarded as if he's withholding from a chesed. As the Pasuk states, By one who withholds kindness from his friend, Rav Nachem Bar Yitzhak says, He also casts off from the Talmud the fear of Shemaim. As it stated at the end of that Pasuk, And he abandons the fear of Hashem. Pointing to Rabbi Lazar said, An Alman who sees movable property as payment for her support. What she has seized, she has seized and she may keep it. Rush explains that even though it was taught earlier that only a husband's real property is mortgaged to pay for his own support, if she does seize it, Basin does not take it away from her. When Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, he related There was once an incident involving the daughter of Rav Shabzai, that she seized a sack full of money as payment for her mazonos, and the chachami did not have the power to take it out of her hands. Ravina said, We only said this when she seizes it for her support, but if she seizes Matalton for Aksuba, then we do take them away from her. And point number three, Rav Yochanan asked, If the Yosomim claim we gave her money for support, but the Almana claims, I haven't taken it, upon whom is the burden to bring proof? Does the deceased husband's property stand in possession of the Yosomim, and so it's on the Almana to bring proof? Or, does the property stand in possession of the Almana, and it's upon the Yosomi to bring proof? Rav Shem Barashi said that this is like a Malchukas Hanayim in the following Brisa. An Almana may sell her late husband's estate, and she should write in the Shtar, These properties were sold to pay for my support, and these were sold for my Ksuba, Divi Rav Yehuda. Rav Yossi says, She may sell the property without specifying why she sold it, and therefore her power is great. Rav Shimbarashi explained, The coin of Yehuda, she must specify the purpose of each sale, because he owes the property is in the possession of the Somi. If she doesn't specify the purpose, they can claim that everything was sold for Aksuba unless she brings proof. And Rabbi Yossi holds that everything is in the possession of the Almana, and it's on the Yosomi to bring proof. The Gemara brings two rebuttals to Rabbi Shimbar Ashi's explanation. All right, so now we go to our Simra Daf Tzadivav, and the Simra relates to a mitzvah at Tzav, and we use a town crier, one who announces the king's command. So here goes. The town crier who let the aspiring town crier Talmud wearing tefillin untie his sandals while he proudly announced, I will not withhold from him a chesed, was knocked over by a widow running with a sack full of money that she sees from the Yosomim for her Mazonos, who later claimed that she did not receive money for support and that the burden of proof was on them. Once again, slow motion. The town crier, town crier, that must be more enough. Tzadivav. The town crier who let the aspiring town crier Talmud wearing tefillin untie his sandals while he proudly announced, I will not withhold from them a chesed, which reminds Rabbi Shubin Levi said, that an Evid does for his master, a Tommy does for his Rebbe, except for untying the sandals. Rush explains that people seeing him do so will assume that he's an Evid Kanani who's prohibited to marry a regular Jew. Rabbi said this one only applies when people do not recognize the Tommy, and Ravashi said that even a place where they do not recognize him, it's only a problem if he's not wearing tefillin. Rabbi Chiyabar Abba said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Anyone who prevents his Talmud from attending to him is regarded as if he's withholding from him a chesed. So the town crier who let the aspiring town crier Talmud wearing tefillin untie his sandals while he proudly announced, I will not withhold from him a chesed, was knocked over by a widow running with a sack full of money that she sees from the Yosomi for her mazonas, which reminds us, Rabbi Lezer said on a man who sees his metaltony as payment for his support, what she has seized, she has seized, and she may keep it. 
So the town crier who let the aspiring town crier Talmud wearing tefillin untie sandals while he proudly announced, I will not withhold from him a chesed, was knocked over by a widow running with a sack full of money that she seized from the Yosomi for her mazonos, who later claimed she did not receive money for support and that the burden of proof was on them, which reminds us of Yochanan asked if the Yosomi claimed we gave her referring to the Almana money for support, but the Almana claims I have not taken it, upon whom is the burden to bring proof? Next to Bechesa's Yasmi Kaimi, does the deceased husband's property stand in possession of the Yosomim, and so it's on the Almana to bring proof? Or next to Bechesa's Almana Kaimi, or does the property stand in the possession of the Almana, and it's upon the Yosomim to bring proof? Rav Shimbarashi said that it's like a Melchokas tonight, but the Gemara brings two rebuttals to his explanation. So once again, the town crier who let the aspiring town crier Talmud wearing tefillin untie sandals, while he proudly announced, I will not withhold from him a chesed, was knocked over by a widow running with a sack full of money that she seized from the Yosomim for her mazonos, who later claimed that she did not receive money for support and that the burden of proof was on them. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.